0: Conversation is about love and unresolved trauma and who would like to start the conversation off tonight I think I will okay. <laughs> so um, without going into a long extended storytelling I'm originally from San Francisco, the Bay Area, and I was brought up in a single parent household where um, my grandmother did a lot of intermittent visits and picking me up and assisting. And throughout my youth, I was kind of like pillar to post amongst my mother's peers and her children. And then, of course, you know. Um, traveling in and out um, of, I guess, different communities based on whomever could keep me. Um, Looking back now, I am grateful that I had the village um, to raise me. my father was in and out of my life. I don't recall seeing him the first 10 years of my life, maybe, but four or five times he would pick me up um, like carnivals and little things that he wanted to do, like the horse races. Um, when I was seven, we moved to the suburbs, Hercules. And at that time it was not developed. It was homes, one grocery store and a post office. So I was a little sheltered and underexposed at that time in my life, which again, um, I think it was a plus because it kind of allowed me to look at, um, I guess the domestication more, cooking and cleaning that sort of deal whenever I would you know, model my mother and watch her. Um, I traveled in and out from the Bay Area a lot to go and be with my family, and then we would go back into the suburbs, and I would go to school for the week. So that was pretty much the extension of my life um, between the age of um, four, what I can remember, and ten. We moved back to the East Bay, um, which is like Berkeley, Oakland area, around my my teen years, and. When I was 14, I met my son's father in ninth grade, and he was a senior in high school. I was a freshman. And he asked for my name and number. And from there, uh, we found out we were of the same religion. Our families knew each other very well. In fact, his uncle and his family were in our Christian congregation. And we got close there for that reason. The following year, um 15 I got pregnant and 16 I had my son Andrew who is now 22. Um at that time we moved to Texas because of the cost of living and we had family there and I didn't want to go but it was the most affordable thing my mom could do in assisting me and my child. Um We lived there for four years and my mom, she left Um, by the time I was um, 17, I had chosen to move out as well. So looking back, you know, I I always had that independence, but it was just moving too quickly. I told my son's father, I'm leaving to go back to the Bay area. I was 19 years old. You can marry me, but you cannot move in with me, shacking up, so make a choice. And so we decided to go down to San Francisco City Hall. We got married. Um, I was 19, he was 24. And in that moment, um, it was very awkward. We did it for all the wrong reasons. It was more so to appease others, to gain the Holy Spirit, to say we were doing something right. And we were blessed. but I don't feel like it was blessed in divine. Um, I feel like it was blessed because we were proactive in, in trying to get um, to a place where we were healthy in our relationship. We went from a little tiny closet apartment, literally with a kitchenette. I'm talking about a two by two, what your closet probably looks like the three of us to one bedroom, in a two bedroom and then we had a home built in stockton california 2004 um i got baptized in my religion for all the wrong reasons again i remember i was um i'm like shaking right now because i'm reliving all of this i'm sorry um okay i remember i was amongst a lot of people that day, my entire family was there and um, getting, I was raised Jehovah's Witness and getting baptized was more or less like an acceptance. It was like, you're doing the right thing. Um, If you don't, you're doing the wrong thing. Um, You're not one of us, (laughs) you know, it was just a lot of pressure And it's not to bring reproach in God's name, but it it was all the feelings inside of me that I felt that day that you know I had to do this for everyone else, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready because I hadn't spent time getting close to God. I didn't spend time immersing myself in Bible knowledge and you know gaining an accurate knowledge for myself to even make a decision like that. So anyway, I I get baptized. Um. Immediately when I got baptized, the devil was trying my existence, like everything got harder. Um, Andrew's father started cheating. Um, And then we had a huge fight. That's when the domestic abuse started physically. And then he started drinking. And um, it just got to a day where I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna leave. I'm going to pack up this trailer, and I'm taking Andrew, and I'm leaving. And he literally choked me next to a bay window, told me that you need me, and if you leave me, I'll kill you. So um, in that moment, I was scared. Um, I went back later to get my things, and he would not allow me to get my things from his home. Um, I had found out that he had purchased two properties with his mother and, um, he took all of the things from our original home and put them in those homes and trying to get those things. We had a huge fight. I was arrested and my mother bailed me out and I had to deal with that. Um, once that trial was over and the case was dismissed, I left immediately the next day and moved to Atlanta and stayed in Atlanta for two years and never went back to California. In that time frame, I met someone, got married immediately and I was 24 and a half. And here I am not thinking about my kid, the fact that I am choosing and selecting someone not only for him, but myself, I haven't done any healing work and i've just taken my son away from his father but i did find peace in moving to atlanta um fast forward um throughout the second marriage it just seemed like you know um our relationship was more or less convenient um we were friends and both Christians, we wanted to do the right thing by getting married, but we always disagreed um, on a lot, although we were very kind toward one another. It was definitely different from the first relationship. And later I just kind of found things in the relationship that were hard to deal with. Um, I would turn my back away from looking, even though I knew it was there and there was, lies and deceit on both ends. Um, And it's just more or less like, you know, emotionally, you just start to question like, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my soul? What am I doing as a parent? What am I doing spiritually? You know, um, 30 35 plus you start to wake up and realize look not only is your biological clock ticking but time is ticking and if you continue this course being just blindsided and allowing you know everything to just be letting life happen to you and you not take the wheel it's going to cost you. it's going to cost you. It has cost me somewhat of um, my relationship with my son because we can't really have a a strong conversation. You know, he's very defensive because he's angry that I took him away from his father to this day, but he is respectful. And um, I think with this second relationship, I think that there's just a lot of things that I learned about myself. I got divorced. Um, we just didn't trust anymore. We were emotionally, um, just depleted. There was deceit. Now today, February 6th, I have challenged myself. I've grown. I've met all of you in the past 10 years of moving to Atlanta. Um, it's just, it's a lot. And I, and I believe Jalon has been more than my rock. She has been uh, a sister, a friend, a confidant. She has been the ground, <laughs> my foundation, and I thank you for that because a lot of times, um, you know, even just the other day, she's like, you know, she has to set me straight sometime. But I think tonight's conversation on. Um, love and unresolved trauma is very important because a lot of people, you know, we're in relationships for the wrong reasons. Some of us have kids, so we stay. Some of us, you know, we tolerate abuse and because we're not bleeding on a gurney, we feel like, oh, you know, because it's emotional abuse, I'll just disregard it. Now there's a soul inside of you and it's crying for help and you're ignoring that. Some of us, we just, you know, we live in the moment and it's like, you know, what? I'm used to this pattern, this is comfortable, this is convenient. So I'm going to stay or it's cheaper to stay, you know, or hell, where else am I going to go? There's so many different scenarios. And, um, I'm, I will say I'm proud of myself for, you know, half of the healing. Anyway, I don't think we ever completely get there, but, um, it's definitely been a journey
1: wow yeah thank you for sharing your story um you have probably saved someone's life tonight <laughs> with that mm-hmm. um being truly transparent in your journey to getting to this point and being alongside you seeing your growth and your maturity and your strength and your just tenacity to keep pushing and moving and knowing yourself and Picking yourself up by the bootstraps and not accepting, you know, those things anymore, you know, it's truly been a, a example to me, you know, with the things that I've endured, dealing with relationships, love and relationships, so to speak, um, and growing with myself and getting to know myself and, you know, putting myself first, not always putting someone else first, um, and taking care of myself and self-care and self-love, so... I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, that's huge. That's that's deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Wow.
1: How do you come after um, that?
2: <laughs> wow. Follow up. Um, <clears throat> <right. clears throat> wow. That's that's first and foremost. You know, you're very brave in um, sharing your sharing your story, sharing your journey, sharing your um adventure to say the least yeah and um you know I really truly commend you on an excellent job well done being able to endure um through your spirit your experiences because you know to, to Jalan's point um whoever is out there watching they got to see and hear one of the many examples that they see on this platform Um, overcome and that's one thing is overcome I mean we we do have a bad habit of making these wonderful assumptions that things will automatically get better but don't necessarily take the steps to get better but one of the key things in making things better is being honest with oneself and oneself's hurt and just kind of walking through that timeline of the frustration and the pain and you know through that walk you could kind of say dang i messed up on here or dang i should have did this differently not to accommodate the behavior that happened but knowing that moving forward if you start to pick up on certain you know traits or characteristics that start to resemble signs and and moments of feeling some kind of way you now know how to operate and 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 recalculate as the GPS would say. Um, I wanna take something a little bit further and kind of relate it and hopefully pass the ball around to everybody else. Um, One of the questions I wanted to ask and it wouldn't necessarily be you because you already gave the the foundation. I guess the question would be if we all could probably share or be willing to share um, an aspect that Erica went through in her life that we could somewhat relate to the pain and the hurt that we felt that could possibly resonate with hers. And I'll start off by saying, you know, I was in a relationship with um, a beautiful young woman um, back in my college days in 2008. And we were in a wonderful relationship for five years. And it was a challenging, it was a challenging, um, I call it, defeat but acceptance of truth um you know i've i was honestly truly in love with this young woman because i actually felt like i wasn't worth the value that she originally saw in me um our first introduction you know was on facebook before it became the nonsense that it's become now but um you know, met her on Facebook, and then when we met up at college, the first thing I saw, I saw her, she had this beautiful, radiant smile, you know, wonderful complexion, the whole nine yards, and I said, nope, I'm not going to get this, I'm, this is, nope, I'm, I'm way out of my league, so <laughs> I said, you know what, I'm going to stick with my basketball shorts, my white beater, my do-rag, you know what I mean, because this was Florida, by the way, Florida, by the way, so you could get away with that nonsense, but... Um, <laughs> so I did that but I said you know I'm gonna just be myself I can't sell physical attraction or, or or anything like that and come to find out that that was actually the very thing that she desired which was an authentic version of who I am and who I was and you know that's how the love relationship established itself but you know the unfortunate downfall or consistency of downfall was lack of communication and lack of communication to me is the the foundation of many if not all broken relationships um and feeling like you were in a relationship or you were doing certain things that didn't feel true to you erica is exactly how i felt when i was conforming to everything that I thought she wanted, and yet it was never satisfactory. It was never satisfying to her for me to change the way I looked, change the way I thought, change the way I behaved. Change. I did everything to morph into everything that she wanted, and it just never felt like it was enough. And it didn't feel like who I was. Um, but when it was time for me to officially make the decision to depart. Um, It was a tough departure but it was a freeing it was a freeing it was a freeing of my spirit free of my freeing of my mind and more importantly a freeing to myself um because that was additional baggage that I felt where I needed to be with her but did I really need to be with her if I was never making her happy you know um I do wish that we could have had better conversations and better, you know, dialogues, but um, they were very one-sided. And, you know, at that time I realized that there was a lot of aspects of me that I needed to grow up from and grow out of. There was no cheating involved. I can, I can honestly say that um, there was no cheating involved, no, no affairs, no nothing. But it was just literally, she had this image drawn from, you know, maybe her parenting or what she was aspiring to have and thought she could mold that in somebody who she thought Mm -hmm. was ready for that molding. And I think what happened is, I think over time she mistakenly thought I would stay as that basketball short, wife beater wearing do-rag dude that she could cultivate into something when in actuality, I was worth more than that. Just wanted to share that with her. So, um, so I I honestly understand exactly where you were coming from with, you know, feeling like you were committed to something and it just was full of emptiness. And, you know, when you finally broke free from it, you felt like, you know, it's, it's going to take time to heal from the hurt, but at least I could accept that damage was done. I learned from my mistakes and I won't carry those luggages or baggages moving forward. So, um, I commend you. I commend you. And I can relate to you with my experiences I just shared.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think whenever you need to change for someone, going back to what you said earlier, that should be your exit immediately. Just, I'm done. Yeah. You, who you are as a person or what you're wearing and just anything.
2: I'm yeah. done. It, sh- it should always be, it should always be a, a, negot- a, no- a negotiation of compromising, never sacrificing, 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 and you're left with nothing. You know, it's, it's, it's a relationship. You know, it, it's a relationship that involves both people sharing true honesty and also addressing conflict as well. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that we as human beings run away from is addressing conflict. Um, I, I was hearing a lot lately that a lot of relationships were being, um, challenged during this whole pandemic because they were forcing people to be at home and I gotta, I gotta see your tank, but all day you home, you ain't doing nothing. Now you just sitting there washing, like, you know what I mean? But, but then it also enforced, it forced, it, it created forced communication and, it forces people to do things that they were uncomfortable of doing, but I think those uncomfortable moments of having that sit down and saying, "Listen, I hear I, I hear what you're saying, but do you do you understand where I'm coming from?" and then flipping it on its head as well. It's that communication piece that you have to be able to address conflict together. Because if you can't address conflict together, then you'll always be in conflict with each other. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, I think there's got to be definitely um, a selfless desire um, to want to learn and not only about your partner, but yourself. You know, I I spoke of constructive um, criticism and I mean, I, I was one of those people where you couldn't tell me anything. My family would try and, you know, say stop talking to this individual, you know, you're only 13, 14, you know. Now, growing up, you know, in my 20s, I didn't want to listen. I thought I knew everything, you know, but a part of me, you know, just being in my 30s realized that, you know, no matter what relationship it is, whether it be, you know, your peers, your co-workers, your lover, whomever, you know, you have to be willing to adapt you know, period. And I was just one of those people who just moved at my own speed, (laughs) my own beat. You know, you couldn't tell me anything. And today, you know, I said, if I want to remarry, if I want to be in partnership with someone, a successful partnership, you know, there are a lot of things about myself that I'm going to have to learn for the first time Um, with my son being an adult now it's like, you know, this is the very first time I've ever been alone in these last couple of years and it's been very revealing. Some of it, as I said earlier, it's, it's been uncomfortable. There have been moments where I'm like, oh, I don't like myself today, you know, because of the growth, you know, because I have to, you know, get through these dark moments but how exhilarating it feels when someone can turn to you and say, wow, you've changed. And, you know, I don't mean your hair, or, you know, your aesthetics or anything. You personally, like you're, you've changed. So, um, you know, in, in meeting you guys, even in the last couple of years, you know, I think that you are who you hang around. You guys are amazing human beings and you define, <sighs> gosh, greatness you know, and, and just to see that I can attract beautiful people as such, you know, that is a mirror reflection of myself. And I'm grateful for all of you. Thank you for being a part of this project. Thank you for, you know, moments where some of you guys have had to tell me, you know, about myself. Leo, we've had conversations where it's like, girl, <laughs> get it together. Tighten it up. Tighten <laughs> <laughs> it up. I ended up. Yes, you've even told me a couple of times, you know, be better with your communication. Oscar, you have been in such short time that we meet one another. You have been so comforting, you know, our conversations. um, Amazing. Jelan, I don't have all night to articulate. I I, I don't, I couldn't even articulate (laughs) what you mean to me. You are my light. You are everything to me. And Teresa, in the couple times we've met, you have been so sweet to me. Thank you. And you know, I am so honored to have you a part of this project. Jamal, you're late. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so good to see you. How are you?
3: (laughs) No well. Just had to get the babies taken care of.
0: (laughs) I was just passing my love around. You know, we're talking about love and unresolved trauma, but you and I even. Oh my gosh. If I had Jamal break it down, who Erica was when we first met versus now. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. But you guys are all influential individuals. So thank you. Jamal, do you want to um, talk about your experience with love and trauma? Love and war?
2: (laughs) Yeah. How does a woman like yourself handle conflict the conflicts that you've dealt with in your past, I'd be really interested in knowing, um, in your position and, and who you represent for the culture. Oh, um,
1: <clears throat> I did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of thought, thinking, a lot of soul searching, a lot of questioning of myself. Like, what is it that I really, really want? Who am I as an individual? What do I bring to the table? What is it that I expect out of a relationship? Who is it that I'm looking for? Who is looking for me? You know, and I feel like going through the process of dating and learning and maneuvering what a relationship really is, focusing on what the goal is at the end of the day helped to shape and open my eyes to who I really want to be as far as bringing myself to the table, bringing my authentic self to the table. Um, because, like you, Leo, I've dated and had experiences where I was expected to be someone else. I've dated where, you know, I was told that I need to change. Arguments happened because I was told that, oh, you need to change this about yourself or, it, you know, you'll change for five minutes and then you go back to who you are. Well, I can't be anything else. And I feel like I'm okay with, I'm good with who I am. You know, I feel like a lot of the times it was basically a man just trying to throw his weight around to say, oh, I'm, I have the booming voice. I'm the, 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 you know, I got the muscles in this relationship versus hey let's do this together let's be a partnership not i'm over you you're under me so you know conflict resolved and i was cheated on because of that Mm. and you know i didn't find out by any you know look in or anything like that he told me himself because i guess he felt bad because he knew at the end of the day that I, what I brought to the table and what I, what I stood for and things like that. But I feel like listening is not just, I'm telling you something, listening is saying, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm processing it and filtering out, you know, the things that I need to take in so that it manifests that I heard you, that I, that I understand you. Because the whole time I'm screaming at the top of my lungs saying, listen, listen, why are you trying to change me? Why are you wanting me to be something else that I'm not? I'm, I'm good. I'm good for you. I'm good to you. What else do you want from me? So I think going through those types of experiences helped me cement myself and not second guess myself. So I stand more on who I am now. I'm not easily wavered on who I am. I am not afraid to be who I am. And I, you know, this is what you get. What you see is what you get. I'm There's no no games. There's no, you know, um, juggling and magic tricks and all of this. You know what I'm saying? This is me. And this is who I'm going to be at the end of the day. There's no more manipulation. And I could spot it a mile away. Like I've even had relationships after that. I'm like, oh, okay. Nope. We're not. Not on that tip. Nope. Got to go because I'm not about to go down that path again. You know what I'm saying? If you're not coming with your authentic self, if you're not coming to partner with me. Don't even come. The door door is that way. Keep, keep, keep moving. Don't even come over here because I'm not tolerating that no more in my life. I think you have to get to the point where you got to be strong in who you are because you time is of the essence. You know what i'm saying you get one life to live you can't waste it even if it's somebody who you think no potential nope you got to be it i'm not doing, dealing with potential so i feel like that has helped me to get over those hurdles and be stronger and and you know not tolerate that stuff anymore and i'm happier because of it because i have peace of mind at the end of the day that i stay true to myself I didn't compromise for anybody and, you know, feel like, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't have done that or, you know, I'm molding into something else. No, I am who I am and I'm happy with that. So that's where I am
0: today. And it's so powerful how when you are alone, anything that's coming into your life needs to match that piece or it's not worth it Well, yeah right <laughs> and I mean I this this right here this personal space this authentic you know Erica it's like I cannot compromise that for anything so when you just said that I'm like you know what that resonates because I'm like you know anything that comes into my life needs to match my peace I don't need you for anything else <laughs> but that piece is my mm-hmm. warranty, you know, that—that mm-hmm. um, that is so important.
4: As um, as Jalon was talking and as uh, Leah was talking, something that popped into my brain was like, um, I realized that they kind of had the same theme that their partner was trying to change them. So I was thinking, well, why would a partner need to change you right they kind of met you how how you were Um, and I think that goes back to that we all have an inner child and we all have um childhood needs that were not met so sometimes um the partners that we get try to fulfill those needs through um through through their partner you know and that's why they might kind of say oh I need this from you and I need that from you because it's a bond, it's a wound that was that has happened to them in childhood, and they try to get it through their partner. So that's something I was thinking about. What do you guys think about um, childhood wounds and 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 your partners? Have you guys experienced that before? I know for me, I know for me, um, I'll just share a little bit of my story, and then I'll put that out there like for me within my marriage I know I'm I'm kind of like you Erica like I never really saw my dad too much um he would he would I was in Bermuda my parents got divorced when I was about maybe four or five and he moved um to New York and he would send for me and I would be with his um significant others but he wouldn't necessarily spend time for me so fast forward when I got my husband well my husband We've been together since we were 17, I'm in my thirties. But something that um, used to make us butt heads was the fact that i on not realizing it. I was expecting him to fulfill all that childhood stuff that my father didn't feel, you know? So that's why I talk about um, inner child work. And that was um, something we were butting heads with and he's not my father and he shouldn't have that pressure to be, to fulfill that everything, you know? So um, have you have any of you all had that type of experience or know about it or just wanna talk about it?
2: Um, I'm gonna jump in really quick, but I'm, I want everybody else to say it, but that's interesting that you mentioned that because um, for women it's considered daddy issues and for dudes, it's like you, you're a mama's boy, you want a woman just like your mama. And these unique uh, biases usually come from what happened in the childhood. Um, that's that's so interesting, that's so interesting. But yeah, I, I digress, I digress, that, that's dope, wow.
4: And I do wanna say that we have a great relationship now, me and my father. Like we're like nice. the best of friends. Oh,
2: like nice.
4: he's, cooking, he's cooking tonight, I'm about to go over there that's why I have to hop off a little early. Um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And when I say, I I, know, I I think we're all believers here and it's okay if you're not. Yeah. Um, when I tell you God can heal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I used to dream about having a relationship and I'm kind of getting teary-eyed anyway. Um, and it's happening and I can't believe it you know, and he's really good with my kids. And I just forgive, you know, that even goes to another point when I sit with him and told him how I felt um, and listened to his childhood. He yeah. didn't, he, I mean, if you sit with your parents, sometimes they just really try to do the best that they did. could, you know, right. his dad died young. He was all the way out in the bushes in Guyana. His mom mm. tried to, you know, um, to raise five kids on her own she had to make a pot of rice with butter and sugar and you know it's just wow. interesting he really really did the best that he could or what he knew how without his father figure
2: so that, that's 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 predominant with a lot of the caribbeans you know because i'm haitian and and so same thing with my father my father lost his dad when he was 13 but you know, a lot of the experiences that he dealt with was either his father not necessarily being there or his father doing certain things that weren't what you would identify as today as the normal father-like things, you know. And from those experiences, we learn that when we get older and we're, we're much more mature, we have, a, we have a better opportunity of understanding and forgiving our parents for the wrongdoing especially if we're willing to be open and honest with their situation and just saying, you know what, I get it. You, you only did what you knew and you only mm-hmm. knew so much. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a conflicting situation when you're young because parents, let's be honest. And Erica, I know you mentioned it earlier because it's, it's, it's present, it's present. It's that idea where when you're at that age oh. of the mid twenties and the thirties, You don't want to address your parents because if you address your parents as parents, you're going to feel like, why are you blaming me? Like, it's not my fault. Like, don't, don't do that. Like you don't understand what's going on. I did it for you. And then the child starts to program like, wait, you didn't, how is it my fault that you were in your situation? And it's, it's a conflict of that. It the only way where it actually can merge together is when both parties have a willingness to be, open accountable and vulnerable and and being willing to share those moments and, and understand like i understand your hurt and you did what you could with what you had and i see what you're trying to do with what you have let's see what we can do to make up and build something moving forward so that's that's interesting major kudos to the both of you wow major kudos to the both of you thank you
4: and Erica I just want to say thank you for sharing your story
5: yeah
4: Um, I know you felt like I should have well I don't I know you um, are saying like you know you wish you would have known better but that's that's all you knew and you really did do the best with what you had you know Um, and again I am a testament to the healing of um, uh, uh, father-daughter relationships mother and daughter relationships um, I know you were saying your son is angry and I know ta- time just with my experience, time will heal. Um, keep on praying, keep on believing, keep on doing what you can do and um, don't give up. Don't give up. You did the best you could. You really did. And Agreed. the fact that you are noticing now you, you are walking in your truth. Cause that's how you heal, right? You walk in your truth. Um, right. Continue to do that. You know, and we all have you, we all have you, and you're prayed up and loved up, sis. So keep on keeping on.
6: Tighten
4: up, up. up, son.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> have the interesting question. How have you addressed a conflict and what happened when it went wrong?
3: How have you addressed a conflict?
6: Wow. Hmm. I love the
2: hard question, brothers. We're losing right now. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Come, on, man. Come on, brothers. Please. Oh, this, this is to the group. The, all of us. Yes.
5: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you was asking. Um, I'm sorry.
7: Hey guys, can you see me? We can. Hey. See? Yes. Yes. Woo. Red, uh, red, right? <laughs> okay, I can't tell. I'm, I'm on my
5: okay, phone. Okay, Merlo, You look
7: like I went glow-in.
1: downstairs. Okay, I'm on. So, hi. Hello, Merlo. Ooh. I do know what was going on, but I'm here.
7: <laughs> okay, just want to know if you can see me. I don't know what's going on. So, <laughs> I
5: heard it a little bit. <laughs> Repeat the question uh, I'm one more time.
0: Yeah, how you address the conflict? Mm-hmm. Are you
5: talking any conflict or obviously relationship-wise?
0: Well, you know what? We're talking about family and relationships because a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with started before a relationship. So we're dealing with baggage. We're dealing with um, our own stuff. So, okay. The yeah, conflict in general. Um, I don't know why I'm trembling and I'm shaking. <sighs> okay, this is just that. This is what I meant earlier when I said I'm going through uncomfortable stages of healing and growth. So <clears throat> how had you addressed the conflict and what happened when it went wrong? You went wrong or it went wrong? Leo?
2: It went wrong. Probably both. I mean, that's that's interesting. If it, it if it went wrong or if you were wrong, that'd be interesting. Oh.
6: Uh, well, I'll share. Uh, <clears throat> can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Okay, so I was um, in a relationship where, you know, and I don't have a problem with confronting. I'm, that's just how I am. Whenever there's conflict, especially if it's unresolved, it could be something minor or major. Um I'm gonna confront, I'll bring it up. Hey, let's talk about it, you know, or whatnot. But the challenge was no matter what the issue was, that person just never wanted to deal with the issue. They wanted to speak their mind and that's it. Once they said what they had to say, I'm done. As far as I'm concerned, I'm done we don't need to talk about it. It's that. So it went from that conflict to the next conflict to the next conflict. And I found myself like, okay, well, let me not confront anymore because it turns into the same thing. It's one unresolved conflict to the next. And things just never got better because it was just, I don't want to deal with it so the my response the wrong response for me was just shutting down it's like okay if i can't say anything I, if i can't speak and we can't have a dialogue or conversation about this conflict then i might as well not say anything you know and then things would just constantly be flipped around and it was me, Oscar, it's you, you're quiet and you're not speaking. Well, dang, I mean, the hundred times that I try to speak about situations, you know, you kind of get shut down. So I'm bringing that up to say, you know, kind of piggybacking off of the last discussion. I mean, um, topic a second ago, for me, rejection was a big thing, is a big thing. And that dates back to, wow, my first girlfriend <laughs> in middle school, y'all. <laughs> oh wow, Shakita Johnson from Miami. <laughs> Name
1: dropping. Okay. Name dropping.
2: Okay. bars? I Cheers. Hope you're
6: I hope you watching.
2: Cheers. Turning up the heat. I hope you watching. Yeah. drink to that, brother.
6: Man, for real. <laughs> Well, I think that was my first experience with rejection. (coughs) It carried over into my adult life. And I didn't realize it until maybe last year. Because, I mean, I love that girl, you know, puppy love. Man, my, my mom gave me this gold chain. You know, Jamaican's like gold. So she gave me this gold <laughs> chain with a cross on it. Man, it was my favorite one. And guess what I did with that chain, y'all?
3: Gave it to her. No. Yes. Oh, there no. <laughs> you go.
6: And that no. was me. My love language is gift giving. So I was oh, like, oh, man, you know, she's going to like me even more. <sighs> Dude. And man, about a week later, I saw one of my friends with that chain on.
1: Ooh.
6: Wow. <laughs> Kendall James was wearing my chain. Name <laughs>
2: dropping, name
6: dropping,
2: name dropping.
6: Dude. Name dropping. names too. <laughs> oh, Dirt bag. Government, I hope Dirtbag. y'all, I hope they hear this too. <laughs> but Facts. Just kind of, just dealing with that and I didn't realize it. So relationship after relationship, I found myself trying to please people, please the girls that I was dating, please this person, even into my first marriage, just trying to please somebody to make them happy, you know, and you just, I had to realize that I can't, I'm not responsible for somebody else's happiness. They have to be happy with themselves. And if they don't accept me for who I am, if I feel like, if I have to constantly keep trying to please that person and, and make them happy, then I'm gonna be unhappy, that I'm gonna go unfulfilled because they have no, no skin in the game. you know. So again, going back to confronting situations, I didn't confront that situation when I was in middle school because I didn't want to get into an argument. And then it just kind of carried over into my adult life, but, you know.
0: Isn't it something how the things that happen to us become scars and bleed yeah. over into our years and it's like we are forced to deal with the trauma, the crisis.
5: Yeah. In my situation, it, it I had to learn how to deal with trauma, failure, and my marriage very quickly. The reason why I say very quickly because I was on the verge. I called my mom and I was in the middle of the floor in my house, dark, right? With a pillow in my hand. And I told my mom, I said, Ma, I don't know if I'm gonna be here tomorrow.
3: Mm.
5: She was like, boy, please. But she knew what was going on that she she was talking to me. I really felt that way when I lost my wife, and it was not—it not due. And I—I I, I think I, we talked about this, Erica, before, and I talk about this, you know, as as I'm writing my biography, is that I lost someone through pure neglect. It wasn't any physical hurt, whatever maybe. It was neglect—not doing the things that I was supposed to, and it developed a neglect on her part to who I was and you could lose someone. And I think a lot of people in relationships are losing people because of pure neglect, pure neglecting some of those things that we're supposed to do in a relationship, especially if you pray to God for this relationship, you know, you stop putting in work. Um, So, but for me, I had to learn to overcome trauma and the hurt that was alluded onto me very quickly, because my mom immediately got me help, mm. and she said to me, and "I will always learn this. She was like Lewis, She said, it, "It goes against some of the things that people think of." She said, "But it's not. It's not time that necessarily only heals wounds." He said it's not the time it's it's the work you put in and the information you put in to learn how to overcome the trauma yeah and
6: Definitely.
5: if you don't have the information and you don't have the skill set and the help to learn you get rid of trauma that's in your life it messes with your mentality i think a lot of people are going through mental issues now through this whole process but we need help
2: <laughs>
5: and if we don't reach out for the help and the information I received, the skills I received, the activities I received helped me to be someone. It's like you had a job and the job you hated. You can't, every time you wake up in the morning, think about going to job, get a headache. The people you hate or whatever it is, you go, you hate that job, you can't wait to quit, but you can't quit because you, know, you got some tie to it. But when you make that decision and you decide to get yourself into a position where you can shine, get better, grow your skills, get better at what you, and you elevate above that job position where you were before. Let's say now you, you're an entrepreneur or you have ownership of a, of a company. How do you feel now going to that, back to that same job to visit where those people mocked you, didn't think you was nothing, didn't think you deserve a raise. Now you're a CEO of your company. You walk differently from not doing anything and just hoping things get better Right, you will walk into that job still feeling hurt, and old things wounds start to open up and cut you, and you start looking at pictures of the wall and the way the, the store, you know, place is shaped, or the company you've been in. But if you elevated yourself above what that trauma was and the information you used to help you with skills to change your pattern, then you cannot repeat the same pattern moving forward, going into the next thing. And for me, I had to learn how to get rid of my trauma through information and education. I couldn't wait on time. I didn't have it. And I really believe God doesn't work on our time. When he tells you he's gonna do something, he's doing it like that if it's necessary, that if if it involves your life. If he knows you cannot handle something for whatever reason and you've prayed and you're on your knees, he will change everything in your life immediately and give you the resources and give you the mindset and all the necessary things to get rid of those things. Why? So that you can teach somebody else. Mm. And I think sometimes we we fail to realize that God does work on his time, not ours. And that time could be right now. We just thinking oh, God working on me. And He God gives us work. He already told us what he's gonna do with his people. We're peculiar. He loved his daughters and his sons. You think he's going to allow you to go through something when you've given up everything so that he can come in and take over? Now, if you're holding on to some things as different, if you're holding on to a little trauma because you're used to doing something and you feel a certain way with that person, and you're holding on to something, you you cannot, you don't have the ability to give it up so that God can work with us, or so that information can come in and take over and help us to move to the next level. So for me in my life, I, I don't even think about my, my marriage and what happened and who I was. I've grown from that. And what helped me to grow was the help I received to immediately change my life. So that, I, so that something that, if I, have a, if I didn't learn the things I've learned and someone started talking about, I'd be crying right now with all the situation, thinking about all the things that hurt me and that I couldn't get over. And I do that now in NLP. One of the things that I've decided to get into NLP, and I talked about that when I first, when we first kind of met. NLP is Neuro Linguistic programming. It helps you to reprogram your whole understanding and experience about what you used to experience, like getting rid of trauma, because sometimes trauma starts at a very early age, helping you to go revisit and change that whole pattern of how you think about somebody else even though you and bother you. And I help people with that. And I see it almost every other day when I talk to clients. It's because people have things in their life they have not addressed even before the trauma. When you're old and you're going through trauma something, you, you gotta go back. You got There's some things we gotta fix and replace and try to uncover and really fix before you enter someone else's life. Unless we'll be held for messing up somebody else's life. So I had to learn quick. I had to learn very, and I'm glad I did because that's what put me on this, this quest to help people, this quest to learn how to do it better because perception is someone's reality about you. So a lot of times you may think you're saying something to understand, but you have to really, and that's why in relationships we have to talk. We have to communicate. We have to comp and processing awesome, but we have to be able to comprehend. And that means being able to really truly understand. So I'm I'm definitely in help mode about what I do and how I treat people and how I talk to people. Um, And that's important to me because I never ever want people trauma. Because we're all in kind of help mode to make sure someone else gets better.
7: It's
5: yeah, powerful.
4: Yeah, that's
5: so
3: powerful. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that as well. And Because I have my own stories as well. And my traumas help me understand other people's interpretations and how people do things differently. Because I know me when I had the relationship between 2002 all the way to 2013 was a lot of difficulties because my traumas, like I talk to people now because I'm not afraid to tell people now, I try to commit suicide because of certain things that I went through and the relationship and dealing with other things happening inside the family. So knowing the things that I went through, it helps me understand why people do things. And you have to consider what they have gone through to understand them because everybody's like, I say, for instance, I know certain people do bad things, and but in their head, such like R. he does—he has something's wrong because those are traumas he dealt with as a child. So now, hurt people hurt people like we understand, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, boom! They want to massacre, kill him. You know what I'm saying? They want to hang him, tear his head off. He does all these little girls, which is understandable because everybody's going off emotions, but. To break it down everybody needs help mentally because there's something there that is breaking the mental down and by that happening all he was doing is uh transferring that negative energy down to the to the young ladies so now you have these young ladies just transferring that same negative energy down they dealt they it happened to them but a lot of them are still dealing with those traumas And now they're going to have to, now some of them are passing it down. We don't know because it was a multiple. So when you look at other people and you interact with other people and you find out they do something extreme to you and your interpretation, for them it's not extreme. So we have to give them that consideration. Maybe we have to try to help these people. I mean, maybe that's me. That's the person I am because knowing what I went through, you know, and I just figured that we have to help all these people that's dealing with these traumas when they come into your life because they come into your life for a reason. So mm-hmm. nobody's coming there just to uh, not be there because it's either a lesson or a blessing, either or. So therefore, when you're dealing with these people that are dealing with traumas, try to be considerate. Try to deal with that conflict and try to help out. Because you don't know, know what these people are thinking, you don't know what's going through their heads, and that helps out with all the relationships with the family and with your spouse. So, I'm going off that. I, I just like you said, this is a this topic is touchy because, like I said, I was there, <clears throat> dealt with things. My with my I say my father passed away. My actually my father was killed. He was killed in a car accident, like that. I'm no saying blink of an eye, he's here today, gone tomorrow, and right in that time, the girl that I put everything into decided she wanted to leave. In the same time that I just lost my father, so it's at a point where what is going on? I don't know what to do. What is what is all of this? And and you feel like you're all alone. You feel like you're alone a lot, a lot of the time, and. You should always remember that you are not alone. Mm-hmm. And it need to make sure you try to find that help. Get somebody to be in your uh lean uh, that you can lean on. Somebody that you can cry to. You gotta open up sometimes, you know, because a lot of men, they don't wanna cry. You know, you know, it's that whole stereotypical thing, you know, you know what I'm saying, men don't cry. But sometimes we have to let it out and lean on each other, lean on our brothers Because and a lot of us don't want to lean on our brothers but we need to lean on our brothers okay. because that's what we have. We have to stick together in order to make things happen and make sure we end up with a positive outlook on, the, uh, on everything. So...
1: Uh, man is an island. You know, we're placed on this earth full of people because... Elon,
0: come closer to your mic, love.
1: Y'all, y'all can't hear me. Okay, I was saying, no man is an island, and a lot of times we isolate ourselves because we think we're strong enough, strong enough to deal with issues and things on our own. We're ashamed. We're like, we don't want anybody to know that certain things happen to us because we're going to be viewed as, you know, weak or just you're just playing stupid. Like, why would you allow that to happen to you? But At the same time, um, communication with a therapist, a friend, somebody, like talk to somebody, let it out, ultimately probably therapy. And like, um, I'm learning more and more that therapy in our community, the black community is very important and we shy away from it because we think that, you know we are just gonna press forward and just deal with it because that's what, you know, our foreparents did and, you know, no one talked to anybody, you know as a child i can attest to you know sitting with, with a psychologist in sessions because i was adopted at a young age me and my three younger sisters and i've dealt with abandonment abandonment issues and rejection issues um, mm. since i was five years old wondering why you know my parents didn't want us or you know couldn't take care of us because you know both of my parents were strung out on drugs so we were removed from our home um and we were adopted by a family that we didn't even know. It was just strangers to me. I was five, so I knew what was going on, and I think I took it the hardest. I had the hardest time dealing with it, and through the adoption agency, they wanted me to you know, talk to a psychologist, and for every session there, I sat there for an hour and didn't say a word, and I carried that with me through my childhood, my teenage years, you know, I was always afraid to express myself because I didn't think it would, it mattered. I didn't think people cared to know how I felt. Mm. And so I held a lot of things in and in doing that, I took a lot of things from people as well. I was, I let people kind of treat me how they wanted to treat me. Um, but getting older getting wiser through experience, through sharing, through just prayer and meditation, it has helped me to learn myself and get to know me and kind of get past those, those issues. Like even still, I deal with abandonment issues. Um, but it's not as bad as it was, you know, when I was five, um, because I surrounded myself with, with people who cared about me. You know, I know my family cares about me. You know, they're the only family I know. <laughs> um, I adopt family and I had a, a great childhood, to be honest with you outside of just dealing with those issues um, from transitioning from home to a new family. Um, but I feel like, Talking to somebody is truly important. Getting it out, getting it off your chest, releasing it, putting it out into the open and just hearing yourself process through your thoughts, hearing yourself going through the emotions, going through the, the, the dialogue. It's okay to feel. I think a lot of times we feel like we gotta be so strong and just put up this facade for other people for them to think that we have it all together and it's killing us inside, you know? Um, Everyone has dealt with trauma, everyone in some form or fashion. We may not have the same story, we may have similar stories, we may have variations of stories, but everybody has gone through something in this life. And so I feel like once you, you know, keep your humanity at the forefront, I think it becomes easier to to be open and to be transparent. And I think that helps with relationships as well. That helps you to develop the love and things that you can give to someone else because you're loving yourself by taking care of yourself as well. I think a lot of times, like Jamal said, hurt people hurt people. And so when they haven't dealt with the trauma within themselves, they project that onto someone else, you know, getting into a relationship. But I have a question for you, Jamal, in what you were saying, I understand like, say for instance, you're getting into a relationship. I tell you my life story. You tell me your life story. Where do you draw the line as far as saying, you know what, I'm gonna take this on or I'm gonna leave this alone because I feel like this is maybe too much for me to handle I like you, but I feel like you need to get help before you even enter into a relationship with me or anybody else. So how do you decipher that? How do you say, you know what, it's deeper than just me being there for you? Because the healing process, it can look like so many different things for different people. So how do you navigate that?
3: I would say that... um... If you've dealt, like you say, different for uh, different people, but if you healed already, if you have healed and you know what healing looks like, you can, you can place some of that healing onto the person you talk to, depending on what kind of traumas they have dealt with. They're open about their traumas and they said that they have received help and they have talked about it. They have to understand that they have to speak to that person and let them know all the things, all the steps they have taken to become, to have healed. So you can have a consideration of what you, whether you want to deal with it or not. So, okay. cause if the person is there and you really enjoy them, you like talking to them, I don't see why they won't tell you the truth on what has happened in their past, because that goes from the beginning of the relationship. When you speak with somebody, that's part of the talking. Like, you know, before I come into this relationship with you, I want to let you know, this is who I am, this is what I've dealt with, and I've had these traumas, and these traumas have made the person I am now, and I'm I'm a better, I'm a healed person now, and I'm just letting you know, if you see anything, you're a friend, so you need to let me know so I can get back on track.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Can I, can I add a, can I ask, um. I want to ask a question to piggyback off of that, but I want to ask Sharon um, specifically this question in regards to those two. So Jalan eloquently said a, asked a question that is 99.9% asked by many women. And it's usually with the connotation of, this is your weak spot, which is why I can't date you. Rather than looking at it as, this is your weakness I can be the strength that you need to be you know become better why do you feel women run away when they acknowledge a man's weak spot such as a trauma or traumas like so rather than seeing themselves as the beneficiary of his growth but also being the one credited for his maturity and his commitment and dedication to you why do women run away from a man having a flaw such as that?
5: That's to you, Jelan. Oh, okay.
7: oh, Sharon, sorry. Well,
5: Sharon. Sh- sh- yeah. He said Jalan. He
6: said Jalan. He didn't say I'm Sharon. I'm sorry, Sharon.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, I think he said Sharon. He said Sharon. Yeah, I said Sharon first, and then Jelan follows up. He said Sharon. This is a woman question. <laughs> he said Sharon. Yeah, cause she has that merlot red on, and she ain't playing with y'all. <laughs> yeah, that's fancy, find- huh? Okay, all good hair done, nails done,
1: everything's good. I got you. Uh, they are not done. But um,
7: the thing is, when for me, you know, I I am a, a very giving person. I have, um, dealt with people that, um, or in relationships, um, where people do have flaws or the, the, the men that I, they have flaws and I try to deal with them and accept them. Um, uh, I can't change a person. They have to want to change. Um, no matter what I do, if that person doesn't want to change or get better. It, it's, it's irrelevant. You know, um, I accept people for who they are. If they're honest and they're truthful and they tell me exactly um, what they're going through, or what they've been through, I'm going to be there for them. Uh, that is, that is the type of person that I am. Um, I have flaws as well. I have had um, a lot of trauma as a very young child. I'm um, growing up. I I've had nightmares about the, the things that have happened to me over the years and wait, Years and years, and I'm and I'm sure that I probably do need some type of therapy because of those things that have happened. I wonder, at times, if um, that's why my relationships um, don't work out that well. Um, I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm very accepting of people and their and their flaws. I try to deal with them. I try to help people out. Um, I listen, and as I said, communication. I I, I find that. I can be as honest as I want to be, but I don't get that reciprocated. It does not happen for me. It may be something that um, um, I don't know. Um, I just find it difficult for for me, you know, uh, um, to have the honesty. You know, I don't find honesty. I have a as, as I said before, the trust issue is very, very difficult for me. You know, um. People will say one thing and then they do another. Um, I don't know, just, a, as I said, very traumatic stuff going on when I was younger. We all um, had things that, that happened. I remember being a very young, very, very young and being molested, you know, and uh, and it was by someone who was supposed to take care of me. And uh, I, I believe that okay. that may have something to do with how I feel and how I react in, um, in, in my um, relationships, going, you know, that even even now, you know, I, um, I was very ashamed of the things, and I thought it was my fault, and all these other things. I never said anything to anyone, um, and it as um, I kind of felt sorry for the person who was doing it to me, because I said there's something, and, and I knew at a young age that there's something had to happen to them that they were doing it so I was kind of forgiving in a way and I, I never really you know I just kind of said, "Well, dang, something must have happened to them. That's probably why they're doing that to me and they're not normal and I felt sorry for them even though I, you know, I still felt that it was it was traumatic for me but I but I kind of understood that it was a bad thing happening. Um uh, you know, um like he said about R Kelly, you know, and how we should I can understand how, how we should kind of sympathize with him or either be angry with him um, or try to understand him, you know, and the the things that he did, you know, everybody's like, oh, he's such a bad person. He's this and that. What happened to him when he was a child? You know, what, what, why didn't he heal? You know, what, what, what um made him, you know, what makes him act out? I don't act out in that way. I don't molest. I don't. to people you know um it's just not something that I do you know um I don't know um I don't know if I answered the question (laughs) I'm all lost I'm everywhere
2: no no you you definitely did and you gave substance but that's interesting though I think it you know before I go on to Jelan to answer that one you know I, I appreciate you sharing that because um based upon you know my friendships, relationships, and, and just associateships that I've had. Um, The molestation piece has happened to a multitude of women. And it's unfortunately a common theme, which frustrates me um, as I, as it should frustrate others, but it frustrates me because it's not only is it generational from a Family, or maybe some kind of like cousin, uncle, whatever, but it's also historical
7: mm-hmm.
2: from ancient slavery times, and 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 I and I, I just hate that that is like a reoccurring theme even till this day. But you know, if you don't know your past, you're doomed to repeat it because there's nothing new under the sun, right? But um, needless to say, yeah, I, I digress. But uh, yeah, Jalan, um if you could add or subtract from what. Sharon shared
1: well I just feel like it depends on what you're willing to put up with you know um, if you have gone through some things and it's all a part of self-growth we all see ourselves in some type of form or fashion somewhere somehow elevated in our mind or, or you know trying to reach or attain certain heights but if Again, it goes back to, for me, is self-care. I mean, you can't love anyone correctly, properly, efficiently, if you're still dealing with internal issues. It will manifest itself at some point. A lot of times we say, oh, when you meet somebody, you meet their representative. Well, of course, the honeymoon phase fades out and you're left with the real person and sometimes we wake up and we're like, this real person is not who I thought they were. Um, now, I'm not saying, it. for me, dating in itself is a process. You are continuously getting to know someone. So I, there's a, a lot of unpacking that happens. There's a lot of things that get discussed. You're one, you're five. You just never know when conversations are going to pop up you know, I don't know if it's like appropriate to say, let's sit down and talk about all the issues we have in the first five months of dating, six months of dating, you know, to see if we wanna go through with this. But at the same time, I feel like if you're just trying to skate through life with the baggage on your back and and you're weighed down, you're gonna bring other people down as well. You know, you haven't done the work to take care of yourself. And you can't take any care of anybody else if you haven't taken care of yourself. It's it's just, it's a futile attempt to me because you're gonna be acting out, it's gonna be arguments, it's going to be projections, it's going to be hatred, it's going to be lies, deceit. A lot of times people do what was done to them. It's like this, I'm gonna get you before you get me scenario. There's all kinds of twisted things that happen when you have not healed. And I feel like for women, a lot of men treat us like we're the, the, the center for their healing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're supposed to be the ones to nurture them and there might be mommy issues because the mom, mom wasn't there to, to nurture them and take care of them when they needed that from a young age and things like, like looking for these things in, in another person. So, you know, just like with the, with women having daddy issues and things like that. So I feel like it's depending on what you want to deal with. Sometimes it's just too much because that's not what you see for yourself. You want to have more happy times and sad times. Like we can tackle things together, but I can't change you and make you into anything that you're not. You see what I'm saying? If you're not whole and you're full of holes, things are gonna leak out, you know? And so you're not gonna be able to take on the things when I need you to be strong for me. You know, it's give and take. One person can not constantly be in this, this traumatic place. And when I'm going through something, then, oh, you can't be there for me because you're always hurting, you are always dealing with stuff. It's give and take. So I need somebody who's whole versus me Yes, we can have trauma and deal with it, but you have to do the work on your part to deal with it. So I feel like a lot of women, and I'm seeing this more on social media, these memes about you know women are not the center for, to, to heal men. You know what I'm saying? And I'm seeing that more and more nowadays. And I'm like, why is that coming out? And now having this conversation, I'm kind of seeing why, because a lot of men have not healed. They don't cry, and I get it. It's the stigma of men shouldn't show emotion. But God gave us tears for a reason. All of us have tears. They're like liquid prayers at times. Sometimes when you can't find the words to say, God can read your tears. He feels your tears. He sees your tears, and he understands without even speaking a word what it is your heart is saying. Now, I'm not saying men should go cry, but I feel like men should deal with their emotions, you have them, it's okay to feel, you know, you're told don't, and I, I try to teach my son these things as well, while trying to toughen him too, because it's, you gotta have that balance, but it's okay to, to talk to me and tell me how you feel. I want to know, because I want you to be able to, articulate to me, and then later on, having conversations with whomever, It is being able to have those skill sets to be able to navigate a relationship. You know, if you're not doing that at a young age, you're it's hard to, to learn and unlearn, you know, because we become more stony as we're getting older. We become more set in our ways, and we don't even realize that we're hurting ourselves with not being able to break out of that mold. So for me, I feel like it, ha- it depends on what it is, yeah. you know something is just too much, and I feel like if you have not done the work for yourself, you do not need to be in a relationship. you need mm. to heal first you need to start at least start the process, do something, go see somebody, talk to somebody, meditate something, but you can't just go through life thinking you're just going to be okay. That's not how it's going to work
3: yeah. Well so. said, but you know what? A lot of people actually do not believe they're traumatized. Though, mm-hmm. that's a, that's another issue because yeah. people will go their whole lives thinking that the way they were raised is okay. They don't see the trauma that has happened, so they don't even understand what they're doing. That's why I said. That's why I said that. You have to try to be understanding with certain people because they don't even know they're traumatized. They don't even know what's going on. They just think that's how it's supposed to be and it's okay. So for instance, my uh, grandmother, my grandmother, my nana, she's pumping. She's 90, she's about to turn 91 years old and she has no problem getting up, gardening, doing everything or whatnot. But she's, very, she's a very, very hard woman, Bahamian background. You know, so, you know, and her, she was raised by her father because her mother died when she was around five years old. And then, so being that she had, she did have a sister, uh, another sister, two other sisters, two of the younger sisters actually passed away with the mother. So she was raised with a sister that came from another father. So all she had was her biological father and her half-sister from another uh, from another man. And her father was, well, my great, i say my great-grandfather, he was a rum runner. So that's what he did back in the day. That's what he was doing. He was bootlegging, bootlegging liquor, bootlegging in, in and out. So drinking and breathing hard, you know, on the street. He was on the street back in the 1800s, you know? Mm. <laughs> so, street man, he came up the early 1900s. Have, he was race, not racing cars, booking up cars to go fast so he can get away. So my grandma came up underneath that, just learning how to be raised by a man. She had no nurturing. She had got no nurturing because he didn't back those days, the man didn't know how to nurture a little girl. So she was raised very hard, how to do everything as a man. And she ended up having two daughters, which now the two daughters don't know anything but being raised like that is being passed down. So which one of them is my mom? So my mom is a hard woman. And I understand that it's very hard for men to understand my mom, you know, because she's so independent and she knows how to do everything by herself. And for a man to come in, they really better be on, they gotta be on their game because mom's like, sorry, get out of here, <laughs> not, oh, not, I can't deal with you. You're not bringing nothing to my table, because mm-hmm. I already, my table's full, I mean, I'm doing pretty much it all, so. And it's difficult for, uh, and it's difficult. So that being put down on me. My mama had two boys. So now there's no more women, it's down here, you have two boys, and I'm raised hard, independent, and looking at it where, I'm not saying say I don't need a woman, you know what I'm saying? I'm always need a woman because I understand now. I'm just coming into learning the traumas now at going on 40 years old mm-hmm. and looking how everything trickled down, learning how where my grandma came from.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Learning where my grandma came from. Mm-hmm. And
7: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, daddy okay. <laughs>
6: yeah. okay so Go ahead.
0: Um okay, so this will be our final question, then we're gonna get to solution time. Um Someone asks, what causes us to not face or resolve our hurt and the hurt we cause others? So let's just start right there. What causes us to not face or resolve our hurt and the hurt we cause others? I will continue for the sake of time. Is it our ego or is it us being naive or is it something else? So what causes us to not face or resolve our hurt in the hurt we cause others? Is it our ego? Is it us being naive or is it something else? And I think for me, um, uh, I'm gonna use this platform tonight to apologize. Um, I'm not using any names. I don't wanna put anyone on the spot, defame anyone's character and I don't wanna be sued. <laughs> but I am gonna apologize. Um, because this video will be up. Um, I fell in love with someone and he gave his all to me. His all, when I say all, he gave his all to me. And I was not ready to love him. I just gotten out of my marriage and I love the attention and the love and you know the friendship we shared, but it was so immense i didn't know how to reciprocate that i wasn't in a position to even reciprocate that um i'm not going to go on and elaborate about that relationship but i will use this platform again because it's very important to me um i know he has expressed he watches and he knows who he is and before everyone you know, I apologize to you because I hurt you. And I know now what I was doing. I felt like I was so just, it, it's like that feeling of being in a desert and you're just thirsty and you're, you're so hungry and emotionally like just empty. And I wanted to feel again, And that was so wrong. But, you know, the way that I went about the relationship, I was just careless. Um, He did all the pouring in while I did all of the sucking out and draining him. And it's like, to this day, I, I have learned to forgive myself. But, you know, the fact that I put someone through that, you know, it's, it's painstaking definitely an illustration of hurt people hurting people and it's happened um I have literal talks with myself and I'm like you know you are gonna have to get your shit not your stuff your bullshit together because Mm -hmm. this is bleeding over into the lives of other people yeah it's just a mere fact that you know I loved you so much I cared for you I nurtured you and this is what I received in return. So mm. that's, that's a really deep question. I'll ask it again, since I just went on a tangent answering but <laughs> what causes us to not face or resolve our hurt in the hurt we cause others? Is it our ego? Is it us being naive or is it something else?
6: I think that something else is fear. Mm. You know, fear to confront ourselves. Fear to acknowledge that we did something wrong to someone, you know, so I would say fear is a big thing fear is a hinderer, you know, sometimes when we need to confront a situation when we need to confront it. We're like oh you know that person will never forgive me, you know it's, it's water under the bridge and let's just keep moving so they just don't want to deal with it out of fear. doesn't make it right but. I think that's an issue that a lot of people deal with is fear,
1: fear, ego, all of the above. I think it's shame. Oh, we don't like to show who we really are. We want the world to have this perception. That's why my coworker at work calls it fake book. You know, we put the highlight reels. (laughs) uh, That's right. The highlight reels. What the best foot, the best pictures, the whatever. We don't put our shame we don't put our you know darkest moments we don't share that stuff we don't do that because we don't want the perception to be that of us so yeah what what how does resolve come from that how does how do we heal because we're we're telling ourselves lies like no that didn't happen you know we are you know trying to move skate over it so um And like the fear of facing yourself and looking at yourself in the mirror to see who you really are, um, is a thing that holds us back Mm
7: -hmm.
1: instead of facing it and, 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 and getting resolution with it and, and really delving into the depths of yourself to Mm -hmm. fix that issue within yourself. Um, yeah, we do a lot of projecting and, and, and showing off and, you know, we post everything else again, you know, because, you know, now social media is the big thing in this day and age. Um, and so it's a quick, hey, I'm here, I'm on vacation, I'm doing this and, you know, I have this great life, mm. but you're torn inside, you're hurting, you're, you're just not whole. And um, it's all of those things. It's our, I think it's how we want to be perceived that holds us back at times
7: as yeah. well
0: why this project is so important to me because I don't want to be that person anymore you know I don't want to be someone who um edits and filters life anymore I mean I have a vlog and you know I used to capture you know nutritional moments and (sighs) traveling and all sorts of (laughs) all the fun stuff all the (laughs) fun stuff you know But you know, questions come up like, you know, where's the love of your life? Like we never see you in a relationship, we never see the intimate parts of you, your home, you know.
7: Ditto, ditto,
0: ditto. And I
1: said, wow. Yeah, because people wanna that's how people
0: connect. Yeah, question. It's not necessarily a question for you to answer immediately. Just be rhetorical. Go home and think about that, you know. Like I just didn't want to be that person anymore. Hmm. And, um, I don't think self reflection and just uh, honesty with myself started until like three years ago. I'm. It's one of those things where if you if you don't do the work, you will face the music regardless. But the sad part is, you'll keep repeating it generation after generation after generation you know it's just like year after year after year after year you'd be 40 50 60 70 and it's like you know you're taking it to the grave and I know what the goals are for my life I know where I see myself you know in at 40 50 60 so it's you know definitely um it's hard but you you have to be honest to be honest.
6: You know, I used to run this um, men's mentorship program. Uh, it was called the Joseph Project. And every Thursday we would meet from about 7 to about 8.30 at night behind black curtains. Right. And I'll be real quick. And once you step in that circle, it was a place of vulnerability for men where you can cry, you can be angry, you talk about your abuses, you being the abuser, you being abused, or you could have just talked about your failures or whatever, right? But one of the exercises we had was I would bring in an actual physical mirror and each man had to sit with a chair and face himself in the mirror forget about everybody in the room and actually talk to that person, say your name and talk about, well, I'm afraid because of this and really confront. And a lot of times it didn't happen all in one session. It had to be over and over again till you have the boldness to get up and say, yeah, man, you know what? I cheated on this person because of this or I I dealt with the rejection because of this. You know, I dealt with this trauma because of this. And it was a step in the healing process. So confronting that person, that man or woman in the mirror is really important. You know, that's a step towards honesty. Um, that I think, and it helped a lot of men, people with PhDs coming in in their bawling and crying because of stuff that happened to them when they were young, guys who were really educated versus a guy who just got out of prison and having to conf- these two guys confronting themselves in the mirror so it was it was a real um uh time of healing for a lot of guys so
0: i noticed tonight i I felt that you know just being tongue-tied and shaking and crying and feeling just so uncomfortable because yeah
6: you
0: know that is the growth that's you know excavating all of that garbage in you all of that hurt that pain you know all the built up gunk <laughs> is what I like to call it. But yeah, I like that. It's it's revealing.
7: Yeah.
0: So anyway, solution time.
2: Um solution time. Well for starters, I'll say thank you everybody for being transparent. Yeah. Um and being honest with yourself, but in being honest with all the viewers out there, but being transparent, because I do believe that whether it's a culture thing or whether it's a gender thing or whether it's a status thing, there's this, I don't know, unwritten rule that you shouldn't be vulnerable because it's a sign of weakness. And that idea goes out the window when there's growth as the potential. Oh. So you know one thing that I've I've learned that helped me through, you know, my homelessness was writing in a journal. And having a journal is what I highly recommend as a great solution for this time of healing for all of us here and for those that are, you know, watching. You know, get a journal whether it's a composition book or whether it's a leather binder or whatever, or something expensive, I don't, don't, who cares? Whatever value, monetary value you wanna give to it, you give to it, but write to your journal as if you're speaking to yourself and be honest with yourself. Um, I know one of the number one questions in writing a journal is, well, what do I write or how do I start? I'm gonna be honest. The best way to start is to literally start writing saying, hey, listen, I don't know what to write, but I was told that I need to get this journal to write in it to talk about my feelings, whoop-de-dee-whoop. And that's already a page right there. And then you start to get into the flow. And having a journal is one great exercise and great resource tool for therapy, for letting it all out, for letting it being a written document of, your autobiography, you know, your memoirs, um, and you being able to see what's really going on with you at that particular time. So that when you fast forward in life, you get to look back at the book and literally see your growth. You literally get to see your growth. And what <laughs> men want and what women want is what we want the best from each other. And the only way that we could get the best from each other is if we dig deep within ourselves and be honest with ourselves, completely honest, the ugly truth. And if the ugly truth can't be presented on camera or with conversations with people that you meet, the least you could do is write it in a book, yeah. a book, you know what I mean? So, you know, the solution to me is I say, write in a journal and ask yourself three beautiful questions. What do you want? What is the truth? And what are you willing to do? Because there's two things in life that you will always pay for: what you don't know, and what you're not willing to do. Get a journal. Start off there. That's good.
7: A solution.
0: Karen? Solution. What happened? Solution time. Can you give your summation, please?
7: I, I like the journal. Um. Uh, I think that's a really great idea, um, writing it down. I've, I've written down a lot of things over the years um, about my life and things that have happened to me. Um, I'm not big on, I was never really big on sharing um, um, my story to others. You know, it's always like I kind of put all the happy things and all the good things. As you see, I post all the time we've spoken before. So, you know, I've had some issues, you know, but yeah, um, solution just um, learning how to, um, to grow from it. Um, I've gotten some good ideas. I think I believe, like I said, the, the writing in a journal is probably really, really good. Um, talking to others, um, listening to these kind of conversations is also very helpful to know that um, others have been in the same situation or are trying to grow as well um I, I had no idea about jelana or anyone i mean i'm i'm uh, really um impressed that people are able to express themselves um uh, so eloquently um uh, i'm happy um uh, that um this is helping us and helping others solutions writing it down i don't know <laughs> talking about it just being about it just trying to change and be better and to grow from um uh, um uh, to look in the mirror at yourself you know is really good as well just look in the mirror and and uh, and see who you are ask those questions answer those questions
0: yeah i love that thank you lady i love that dress (laughs) oscar
6: um i like what leo said and i would uh actually add to that as well is in that journal write some positive affirmations that go against the negative thoughts that you've had, um, things that you've dealt with, like on one page or one column, write all the trauma stuff that you dealt with, all the negativity that you heard, but for each one of those, write something positive, right? To combat that, but to take it a step further, I'm a video guy, obviously, right? I would say record yourself a video of yourself re uh reading those positive affirmations Mm -hmm. and play it back to yourself whenever you're feeling down whenever you're down in in, in the the gutter if you will emotionally it's specifically for men it's something about the male voice hearing the male voice when he's strong right and I know I do that. I look back at motivational videos that I've done back in 2013, 2014, and I play those back whenever I have a negative thought about me not accomplishing something. And it's something about hearing positive affirmations that I've said to myself that brings about that self-healing. Because if I keep looking for healing through another person, I may never get it. So really, it's between me and God. So the things that God puts on my heart, that he seeds into my heart, I write it down, like Leo said, and I record it, and I play back that video, or even an audio. And you got to speak to yourself and encourage yourself and do it consistently.
2: Good.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, like... I definitely agree with everybody on what they're saying. So um, I, I saw. It. I guess I would say for people who don't think they have the traumas. Go ahead and tally up all the things, all the negative attributes people said about you. Yeah. Put that stuff down, and then that will lead you to where a trauma had started. Where it started from. You just have to understand um, a lot of things that you've gone through and make sure that everybody that's you've encountered, whatever the, like I said, the same common denominator, whatever they said, look at it. Embrace it. Don't look at it like everybody is, oh, everybody's speaking negative about me. Just embrace it and understand it and then you deal with it. Handle those traumas, handle those things. It will make the life a lot better that you'll handle those things that, that everybody's saying that is wrong. And you'll find your way. You'll find your path right after that.
6: Yeah, that's good. Sometimes
0: we look inward on our own, but you know, using family, friends, and our relationships with others, that is what helps us to grow. You know, Listen. the problem is, you know, acceptance, you know, am I going to accept what they have to say?
3: It's, yeah, a lot of people give pushback because they feel like they're being attacked.
0: Yeah. So.
1: All righty. <laughs> nice. I know. It's like everything that was already spoken was dynamic and just wonderful. Um, writing it down. I'm not a person that likes to write things down, but I think that will help me. I've done it in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to write prayer requests I used to write you know I have journals you know but I haven't gone there in a long long time so I think it's a good thing to get back into if you have you know done that in the past and kind of you can go back and read and see the growth on paper you have like a tangible um, you know yardstick if you will to see the growth and and accomplishments and how far you've come. And it gives you a sense of pride and a sense of accomplishment to know that, yeah, I used to be that way. And now I've, I've, um, you know, overcame some of those things. And I feel like you can also um, write about your life today to compare, like to show the growth, to see the growth, you know, um, if you wanted to stop cussing more, you know, being more you know, whatever, you can definitely see that in your writing, you know, like Leo said, just be honest, be open, whatever, but whatever the growth is in your life, um, track it, track it, because at the end of the day, it helps you to, to, to continue on that path and knowing yourself, loving yourself, um, self-care is really important. I've learned that over the past couple of years. Um, because I neglected myself. I put everything into everybody else and plea. I was a people pleaser for yeah. a long time. And now that I'm diving into me, I'm getting to know me and I'm, I'm liking the direction that it's going in. And it's also helping me to heal from past traumas and, and those abandonment issues and things and just dealing with me, you know, on a daily basis, looking myself in the mirror and being okay with what I see. Um, is helping me to move in a positive direction, but also um, a solution to, you know, just therapy. Um, Seek professional help, you know, there's nothing wrong with um, talking to a professional who knows how to get those things out of you. Because like I said, I've been in a place where as a child just sat there because I didn't know how to communicate But as an adult, you know, you use your words, but also sometimes you don't even know how to articulate your pain and articulate your hurt and what you're actually feeling. And you don't even realize you're feeling those things until you're asked the right questions, you know? So I feel like therapy is definitely um, an avenue to look down and go down to continue on this path because love is inevitable. It's gonna come in some form or fashion you know, whether it be romantic love or whether it be with your family, your friends, you're surrounded by people that you care about, you know, it's going to help you love them better, love yourself better, and become a better person. Thank
0: Louis? Louis?
5: Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The screen, the screen keep freezing. Is your your screen freezing sometimes? Yeah, yours is. It is yours. <laughs> Frozen now. Frozen. <laughs> uh, if I get boggled up, then just don't hold me accountable to it. But that leads into what everybody is saying, um, and I would say, you know, accountability. Um, you know, have someone. Stuff we we know help is what everyone needs. Therapy, that professional help. Um, But I think accountability as well, understanding what that is and learning what accountability is, Um, especially if you're a Bible-believing person and you're a faith-based person, you know you are going to be held accountable to something, um, to your God, especially when he's telling you about doubt and he wants you to learn of him and understand what his glory is and his mercy and his power and what it really is. Um, If you understand what accountability is, we will be held accountable um because no matter what you want to do that process to under that you're not going to ever get anywhere um so for me i had me personally i had to study what accountability is and a lot of people don't want to be held accountable, um, but you have to learn to at least hold yourself accountable to something. Um, and when you do that, right talk about the solution is that it's all of those things, ego, you know, fear, all those things, because you don't want to be held accountable to something when you get into a committed relationship or whatever of people holding you accountable to something you say you're going to do. You know, I'm going to love you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to make sure you the, you know, you tell all these stories and then when somebody hold you accountable to it for a long period of time. Then you kind of have a problem with what it really is. So study accountability, understand what it is. It helps with discipline um, and it helps to create an atmosphere of uh, doing the things that you say you're going to do. And it keeps, it helps you with your word. I um, mean, your word is all you got, and you break it. And I talked about this before; you lose all trust, you lose all believ- believability. Um, but therapy and professional help, key, very much key, because they help you to help you heal yourself. I um,
0: love The last one I will add to that is prayer. Um, I would from infancy to pray and prayer is what kind of you know got me through a lot of my hard times when I had no money when I had no money to feed my son when I had you know barely enough rent to pay or money to pay my rent you know just all the way back from my teen years till now and feeling lonely even sometimes you know Um, Your loneliness should not make you run to someone or jump in the bed or, you know, in the arms of another man. You know, those are moments where you need to pray, you know, and and earnestly, um, incessantly pray and understand that these are the moments that are going to heal you, you know. Um, I keep using the word hard tonight because these moments are hard you know, um, but it's enjoyable. I think this was the first birthday I ever spent alone. And I had to walk up to a table setting for one person and I was sitting in front of a beach looking at all these families. And at first I was like, this is so depressing. But minutes after I took that first sip of wine, (laughs) I was like, you know, this is actually pretty cool, you know? And from there, I enjoyed the entire weekend. So self-reflection, prayer, and like Leo said, journaling, and most of all, yeah, therapy. I don't necessarily think um, it's a bad thing, you know, growing and going through growing pains. It's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a part of life. You just have to embrace it. So thank you all of you so much for sharing this evening with me. I know that it was a very, Long in <laughs> difficult
7: to get it on here. I'm in. I'm happy. I got on. I, I missed a lot of it, but I tried to, you know, piece myself in.
0: <laughs> but um yeah, next week we will have some fun. We're gonna do um a fun game of family feud, which will be really fun. Dating, marriage, all that fun stuff. So you guys have a wonderful night. Thank you again. Good night. Thanks. Have a great weekend, guys
6: a good one. Thank you. you not I uh, Super
2: Bowl. <laughs> I <be> Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs>